Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to the show. It has been two weeks since I've done a podcast. I hope you enjoyed Michael Arterberry's if you're my regular listeners and or even if you aren't and you're new because one of the interviews caught your attention, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed Michael's story. You know, being raised in a low-income area with an alcoholic father who overcame all of that to become a social worker and find God, his story is truly inspirational and it was a pleasure to have him on the show. Uh, I have not podcasted the last week or so because I've been dealing with a, <laughs> a bit of pain that I couldn't seem to get my head around. And it was interesting because during this time right now, I've done a, I feel like I've been doing a lot of work on myself the last few years. And then my girlfriend sent me this great saying today that I wanted to share with you and talk about because she actually made a lot of sense. We're going to be launching a new YouTube channel called High Functioning Habits. So I have a YouTube channel called Living Well with Shell, and it's really just product reviews over the years that I've done. It's very, very amateur. I'm very aware of that. We're hoping High Functioning Habits, because I'm getting some professional help, will look a little better. And it will be this podcast and interviews where if you are prefer a vlog um, type scenario versus just listening to a podcast, then this is going to be your tool. So please head on over there. By April, it should be up and launched. And I look forward to connecting with you there. Now, it was interesting because I have been doing a lot of work on myself, as I like to put, and finding... I don't know really. My passions, what, where my learning to grow, learning not to trigger, be triggered by so many things over this past couple of years. I've worked with a professional coach. I've done some ancestral clearing. I share most of all of this with you all, with all of you on this podcast. But my girlfriend Beerta sent me this fabulous thing today. She follows. Uh, let me see if I've got this right. Anita Morjani. and it's M O R J A N I. Anita Morjami, all one word. Johnny, sorry. And she's always posting really great inspirational stuff. And let me just read this to you. We are constantly working on, when you are constantly working on yourself, you are working with a belief that says you are fundamentally flawed. And so you have to keep working on yourself to get yourself right. The flaw is actually the belief that you are fundamentally flawed and you have to fix yourself. I loved that because we are not fundamentally flawed and you are not fundamentally flawed. I am not fundamentally flawed. I just simply have life experiences and preconceived notions and filters to which I look through the world. We carry these things and I'm sorry, but we do carry trauma with us. I carry a lot of trauma from my childhood. I carry trauma from relationships. I carry trauma from abuse and there's a lot of people like me out there. It is our job as adults to overcome that, to work through it, to make ourselves whole. But in no way, and I hope I have never made you feel this way, that you are somehow fundamentally flawed because you simply are not. You are a perfect creation and you were brought here for a reason. 
whether you chose it, which a lot of people believe you that no one else is involved, it is simply your choice to come and fulfill some sort of mission here, or that we our souls simply keep coming until we learn certain things and get to a point like now in the world where there's a lot of awakening and a lot of awareness going on. And I feel that my prior lives were preparing me for, with all these lessons, for what I have to do in this life. You absolutely do not need to believe that. But I still want you to hear my words. You are enough. Now I know I tell you guys that a lot, but this really brought that home for me. Because the work I've been doing on myself in the last couple of years, it's not about the fact that I think I'm broken or flawed as an individual. It's simply that I was allowing emotional things to trigger me and I was allowing myself to step out of my worth, out of my true self. That I consider working on myself, not to fix something broken, but to just become the best version of myself. And it doesn't really matter where you are in that journey, I guess is the right word. It's a journey and you're going to be on it till the day you die. So let's make the most of every day. Now, one of the things that I've really been working on these as lately, and you know, is Marine St. Germain's book, Waking Up in 5D, is the Akashic Records. And that is very woo-woo for a lot of people. I understand that. Um, as a Christian, as someone that has watched healing going on around me as well, I have a lot of people that do body talk and hire Master Reiki, that sort of thing, uh, card readers. I was raised to believe all of that was a sin, that it was evil. And of course, I simply do not believe that. I mean, all of you know that I talk about this quite regularly. And just so you know, in a couple of weeks, April Farrell from Angel Sense um, uh, Therapy is coming on the show. She is a master Reiki uh, practitioner. Plus, she used to be a trauma nurse actually for years. Plus, she reads cards and she is the shaman she is part native she is the shaman of her tribe and all of this i find just fascinating she has worked on me numerous times over the years helped me through a lot of my fibromyalgia problems at the beginning when i was trying to get settled and finding ways to cope best with my pain because she has fibro i can totally relate to that what it was like when i first got sick i just didn't understand what was going on with me and my body and this pain was crippling i didn't work for two years again Back to today's subject, I don't consider that that I was fundamentally flawed. I was angry, don't get me wrong. I worked through a myriad of emotions in this situation. Um, you know, why me? <laughs> I, had, I was high functioning, at least I felt I was. I had a great career. I had built a beautiful home. I had a great marriage. We traveled. Life was finally, you know, I was a single mom from the age of 20. Uh, well, I was 22 when I was married and, and uh, had a child. And I was 24. I was a single mom. And had been was until my son was 11 or 12 when I met my husband that I'm currently married to so I, I lived for a decade alone raising a child and with very little to no help from the father at, at the beginning and so now it really seemed like my husband and I we'd got to this point where he was raised we were still dealing with things and and probably and we still are <laughs> but that's just life with children they don't really ever go away and their battles are your battles that's just the deal but we were in a really good place and I had just come out of a really big contract and I was done with it. I, I just, I hated being there the last year. Um, and I really wanted to change. So I was looking forward to something, you know, new. And a year later, I collapse and get diagnosed. And it's like, what? 
So it really pulled me up short. Now, the interesting part is if you look at our lives and you have an acceptance that we are okay, but our jobs are to grow and to discover and to heal ourselves. I had a numerology report done and back to the Akashic Records there, I was talking to someone just recently and they said, well, we believe that actually numerologists are are inadvertently accessing the Akashic Records. A lot of people do it through meditation and things like that. They just don't realize that's what it is. Some might, but some don't. It's, numerology is a you know, discipline to it, unto itself. And again, was taught growing up through my church that, that was Satan. I simply do not believe that anymore. I truly believe that anything outside of, of what we were taught was taught wrong to control us. And the Bible, although I believe in it and it's the divine work of God, I do not believe that it's 100% accurate. I believe it has been meddled with by man. You don't have to agree with that either. But keep an open mind. So I keep an open mind now going, this is just nature and quantum physics has a certain, there are certain rules to the universe. So why wouldn't I open my mind up to that? Now, I'm pretty good at detecting when something is evil you know your my skin crawls certain people you meet them and you're just like something's not right there like there is a force or an energy that is around them controlling them whatever and you're like yeah I don't want to be around that person I don't get those feelings when my girlfriend reads my cards for me or my another girlfriend does a numerology report for me or another girlfriend works on me through energetic healing and gives me huge relief when medical science could not help I simply do not believe any of that is evil and I'm very open to it because it's nature and it's natural. And all of this that is going on in this whole world, we are energetic beings, is all part of the same matrix as far as I'm concerned. Now, how that's going to align going forward with mankind, I am fabulously fine with everyone serving God differently. What needs to be removed from all of it is the hatred and judgment for how other people are expressing their faith. Okay, that I have a real problem with. And it's everywhere. The Muslims have their hatred. The Islams have their hatred. The Christians have their hatred. Everybody has it to a certain degree. There's always some self-righteous judgment or something awful being done in the name of the God that you believe in. That in my world, in my heart, in my way of thinking, that is, that's just wrong. That is the evil of the world sneaking in and saying, I see you guys are finding your higher selves, but I need to be still and I still need to be in here seeing if I can poison that faith and that love and that ascension. And I think religion has actually been in the way of us ascending as human beings for thousands of years and it's time to let it go. But that's just a personal opinion. And it's just something to consider. There's a lot of people that are coming back to faith now through this pandemic. Uh, that is amazing. And I want churches full. I want people in church. If you can go to Costco, I want you in church. Like if that's where people gather for positive energy is always a good thing. We are energetic beings. I've talked about this so many times. And if you go out and involve yourself in negative energy, it's going to affect your life. If you're going to put negative things in your mind, in your heart, through TV and books and all that, that's how it's going to affect you. I always felt fantastic after I've been to church, okay? And I had to laugh, just as a little segue, here's a story. When I was dating my husband, he's Catholic, raised full on in the Catholic church, my mother-in-law, my late mother-in-law was a devout Catholic. 
I've been to all the kids' confirma- so confirmations. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, which was all new to me because I didn't wasn't raised with this. And I was also raised to believe that Catholics were going to hell as well because they had not, quote-unquote, accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. The full gospel Christians are really hung up on that one. And it's not that I disagree with it. It's just that we tend to discount everybody else. Like, everyone's going to hell because... We for, they didn't say three words, but they believe in God. They accept, Maybe they're just expressing it differently. I don't know, but it was interesting for me that I, a lot of these preconceived notions I had to let go and still have respect for other people's belief systems. And I really enjoy, actually, once my husband got me comfortable going to the Catholic churches, because, of course, there's a lot of ceremony there that I wasn't raised with, so communion and lots of things that I just like, what are they doing? In my church, communion is brought to you in your seat, and you just all take it together with the pastor. (laughs) Anyway, so all of these silly little things, these rituals I had to learn, I kept an open mind, and I definitely kept respectful. Luckily, by this point in my life, I was 35 when I met my husband, and I had already learned respect for other faiths. You know, I'd let go of the stuff from my teens and my 20s and operated it in a different place by then. Probably why I met him when I met him, because my mind and heart were more open. I bring him to Delta Pentecostal, which is a full gospel, holy roller, filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I was baptized in water when I was a teenager. I was baptized um, in the Holy Spirit and I speak in tongues. Um, yes, I admit all that. And... My husband comes and our pastor preaches some doom and gloom, you know, hell and brimstone. He walked out of there going, I'm never going back to that church with you again. I want to slit my throat. Like, I'm so depressed. And I'm like, what? Do you remember the, if you've seen the movie Avatar, and you remember when Sully, the main character, comes rolling into the briefing right at the beginning of the movie in his wheelchair, and he's talking to the to the audience in the background saying, you know, nothing warms your heart or whatever is a good old-fashioned heads up by the by the commander type talk. He, it brought him comfort. Yeah, the, 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 the commander was telling everyone that this is a dangerous planet and I, can, I won't be able to keep you all safe. Some of you will die here. <laughs> like, it was like, huh, briefing. Sorry, that's what he called it. Nothing like a good old-fashioned military briefing. He didn't get all scared and weird for him. It was sort of, it was, it was normal. Well, it's a little bit that way as me with the church. When my grandfather was, one, a labor party member up until he got saved in his midlife and that became was a socialist party in Canada and later he was branded as as a communist and had to carry communist papers um everywhere we went okay but when he was saved and called to the ministry uh he lived it wow talk about a totally different life he was a hellfire and brimstone evangelist. He didn't pastor a church. He was a traveling evangelist. So he's who the pastors and the churches brought in for big revival meetings. And my grandfather could literally jump in the air four feet off the ground. He was an ex-professional boxer. He was that person. He was that holy roller, Billy Graham, banging the Bible, you know, hellfire brimstone but still the joy of the lord honestly he was he was such a showman it was but it was also his heart don't get me wrong i don't i'm not making fun but i just want to kind of put it in perspective for you so just kind of think a little bit of those big old tents you know with the evangelist there that was my grandfather okay so those things are comfort for me i don't get the negativity out of it i bring someone outside 
into it. Like he brought me into his church room. Like what's up with all the rituals and all the weird physical stuff here? Can't you guys just pray to God and have a lovely life in a relationship? Like I could not barely handle all the, um, Catholic guilt and all the shoulds and shouldn'ts. And I'm like, okay, I was raised with enough rules. <laughs> this is just more craziness. So that was my first experience. He comes to mind. He's like, I want to kill myself. This is so depressing. And I'm like, what really? Oh, Okay, so we never end, ended up attending that church. We actually found a, a different one um, that had still the same biblical principles and doctrines, but the pastor was a theologian. So he was very open-minded and he was academic. And that, whereas my pastor was a little more emotional, that very much appealed to him. So we ended up going to a church for years, for 10 years, that was a good blend for the both of us, okay? So all of these things, guys, all of these experiences, all of these thoughts. Um, one of the reasons I'm struggling with the podcast today, and I apologize, is I'm not used to videoing it. So it is distracting with the lights on and the software on the screens. I almost think maybe next time I will cover the screens. So talking at the camera, and I'm a, as you can see, if, you're, if you ever see this vid, uh, video on the YouTube channels, I talk with my hands. <laughs> well, my listeners on the podcast can't see that. So I'm finding it very distracting. So I apologize. But you know what? We want to take the High Functioning Habits and we want to take the Seven Pillars of High Functioning Habits course. We're going to launch that all in April and make it more mainstream. And I'm going to work with some people that will make everything look a little more professional because I've been just, you know going along on my own here all this time. And I hope that you will support support me and support us in our efforts. Thank you so much. Uh, so anyway, so back to this thing today, all of these things are what color our way of thinking, our way of thinking about ourselves, because I was born with the, and trained in my home from the time of birth that we are born into sin. That's a biblical thing. And I'm unsure about that. Although the more stuff I see on television and how easy it is to corrupt a child, it makes me wonder, is it because we're sinful to start with and we are flawed and that we need God? Um, but then there's the belief that, you know, the Bible says, but we are God. God is in us. Well, if we're God and we're his creation, then we're perfect. So I find a lot of dichotomy sometimes in some of these, these things. And like I say, it's just there to make you think. But fundamentally, I, I am more attached, I feel more truth to what Beerta sent me today. That we are not fundamentally flawed. And when you're working on yourself, I do not want you to start buying into any notion whatsoever, is how I'm going to end this today, that you in any way are broken, okay? You might be hurt, damaged, not responding to stimuli properly, allowing your triggers to run your emotional life and your life in general. Uh, you might be hurt. It doesn't make you flawed or broken. You don't need to be fixed. You need to grow. And I truly believe there's a difference. And I know this might seem a little disrespectful. I do not mean it to be this way, but I have a new puppy. Now this past weekend was very emotional. Two days ago was the one year anniversary of the death of my, my girl Kaya. And she was 15 years old. She was a dog. In case anyone's listening to this and getting confused. It's not a person. But she was my constant companion and she was my love. And I thought I could do okay without a dog. And then four months later, I just prayed. I prayed and prayed and prayed. I said, please come back. I need you to come back and be with mommy. And a little puppy was born somewhere else and found its way to me eight weeks later. 
and that puppy turned eight months old yesterday. <laughs> so it was it was kind of an interesting weekend of of, uh, of introspection of our uh, and reflection of all these emotional things. Uh, but one of the funny things that I've noticed with the dog is I believe in positive reinforcement. Um, I'm all about the love, okay, and the connection. My dog is my baby. She's my baby. <laughs> She's Port Border Collie, so her job is to look after me. And she responds well to affection and such. But she is still a Border Collie mischief maker and needs very firm guidelines. And she's a little bit like raising a teenager. Love them to death and keep those bumpers straight and solid until their brains and all their cognitive ability form. So there are times when she gets in trouble. And I actually spanked her the other day. And there's every dog in the owner up there says, absolutely not. But she had a behavior that absolutely we could not break through positive reinforcement. And that was going into the recycling bins and chewing everything in them. Well, she's old enough now to know that she is safe with me and I adore her. So I took a wooden ruler and I gave her a smack on her butt and said no. And I put her in timeout. She has not touched the recycling since. And every time she walks past it, she looks at me and she looks to be praised. And she gets the praise positive reinforcement. My dog was not born bad. My dog was born untrained. Okay. So I realized that just like anything in life, she has to be taught right or wrong. So kind of a little bit back to the conversation about, you know, are kids born into, into evil? I don't know. I have a tough time with that because there's very opposite views on the planet. There are people that believe all children are born literally godlike and, and good and that we in turn turn them bad. Then there's people that believe like I was raised with the Bible that we are all born into sin. I don't know, but I look at it this way. I have a really wonderful loving dog because I love all over her from the moment she was born and my granddaughter's the same way. I don't need, she. I'm not the parent. It's not my job, That's she has parents for that. It is my job to love and build trust. I do not believe they are bad. I just believe they need to be guided, okay? And I think there's a huge difference there. Now, the problem is when we get back to this fundamentally flawed mentality that we hang on to is that we carry that stuff from childhood into adulthood. And then we start thinking we're broken. Someone's hurt you. You may have caused pain and you feel guilt. Those are very, very different things than being broken. Alrighty? All right. I want everyone to have a wonderful week. I want you to keep this forefront in your mind. And we have a wonderful guest on next. Johan is a coach that deals with digital addiction. He just gave us some great points. And he's also offered his course to anyone that emails him with, heard him on this podcast. You have to name me and the podcast. You get his course for free. So please look forward to that. Uh, the digital addiction will be coming right up in the next week or two. And he is so worth the listen to. It just, it was, I enjoyed that so much, so much common sense and things that we just forget about and don't take the time to manage in our lives. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. 
And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>